This is section 27 of Presidential Farewell and Last Addresses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. President Chester A. Arthur's Last State of the Union Address, December 1, 1884. Read by John Greenman. To the Congress of the United States. Since the close of your last session, the American people, in the exercise of their highest right of suffrage, have chosen their chief magistrate for the four years ensuing. When it is remembered that at no period in the country's history has the long political contest which customarily precedes the day of the national election been waged with greater fervor and intensity, it is a subject of general congratulation that after the controversy at the polls was over, and while the slight preponderance by which the issue had been determined was as yet unascertained the public peace suffered no disturbance but the people everywhere patiently and quietly awaited the result nothing could more strikingly illustrate the temper of the american citizen his love of order and his loyalty to law nothing could more signally demonstrate the strength and wisdom of our political institutions eight years have passed since a controversy concerning the result of a national election sharply called the attention of the congress to the necessity of providing more precise and definite regulations for counting the electoral vote it is of the gravest importance that this question be solved before conflicting claims to the presidency shall again distract the country and i am persuaded that by the people at large any of the measures of relief thus far proposed would be preferred to continued inaction our relations with all foreign powers continue to be amicable with belgium a convention has been signed whereby the scope of present treaties has been so enlarged as to secure to citizens of either country within the jurisdiction of the other equal rights and privileges in the acquisition and alienation of property a trademarks treaty has also been concluded the war between chile and peru is at an end for the arbitration of the claims of american citizens who during its continuance suffered through the acts of the chilean authorities a convention will soon be negotiated the state of hostilities between france and china continues to be an embarrassing feature of our eastern relations the chinese government has promptly adjusted and paid the claims of american citizens whose property was destroyed in the recent riots at canton i renew the recommendation of my last annual message that the canton indemnity fund be returned to china the true interpretation of the recent treaty with that country permitting the restriction of chinese immigration is likely to be again the subject of your deliberations it may be seriously questioned whether the statute passed at the last session does not violate the treaty rights of certain chinese who left this country with return certificates valid under the old law and who now seem to be debarred from relanding for lack of the certificates required by the new 
the recent purchase by citizens of the united states of a large trading fleet heretofore under the chinese flag has considerably enhanced our commercial importance in the east in view of the large number of vessels built or purchased by american citizens in other countries and exclusively employed in legitimate traffic between foreign ports under the recognized protection of our flag it might be well to provide a uniform rule for their registration and documentation so that the bona fide property rights of our citizens therein shall be duly evidenced and properly guarded pursuant to the advice of the senate at the last session i recognize the flag of the international association of the congo as that of a friendly government avoiding in so doing any prejudgment of conflicting territorial claims in that region subsequently in execution of the expressed wish of the congress i appointed a commercial agent for the congo basin the importance of the rich prospective trade of the congo valley has led to the general conviction that it should be open to all nations upon equal terms at an international conference for the consideration of this subject called by the emperor of germany and now in session at berlin delegates are in attendance on behalf of the united states of the results of the conference you will be duly advised the government of korea has generously aided the efforts of the united states minister to secure suitable premises for the use of the legation as the conditions of diplomatic intercourse with eastern nations demand that the legation premises be owned by the represented power i advise that an appropriation be made for the acquisition of this property by the government the united states already possesses valuable premises at tangier as a gift from the sultan of morocco as is stated hereafter they have lately received a similar gift from the siamese government the government of japan stands ready to present to us extensive grounds at tokyo whereon to erect a suitable building for the legation courthouse and jail and similar privileges can probably be secured in china and persia the owning of such premises would not only affect a large saving of the present rentals but would permit of the due assertion of extraterritorial rights in those countries and would the better serve to maintain the dignity of the united states the failure of congress to make appropriation for our representation at the autonomous court of the khedive has proved a serious embarrassment in our intercourse with egypt and in view of the necessary intimacy of diplomatic relationship due to the participation of this government as one of the treaty powers in all matters of administration there affecting the rights of foreigners i advise the restoration of the agency and the consulate-general at cairo on its former basis i do not conceive it to be the wish of congress that the united states should withdraw altogether from the honorable position they have hitherto held with respect to the khedive or that citizens of this republic residing or sojourning in egypt should hereafter be without the aid and protection of a competent representative with france the traditional cordial relationship continues 
the colossal statue of liberty enlightening the world the generous gift of the people of france is expected to reach new york in may next i suggest that congressional action be taken in recognition of the spirit which has prompted this gift and in aid of the timely completion of the pedestal upon which it is to be placed our relations with germany a country which contributes to our own some of the best elements of citizenship continue to be cordial the united states have extradition treaties with several of the german states but by reason of the confederation of those states under the imperial rule the application of such treaties is not as uniform and comprehensive as the interests of the two countries require i propose therefore to open negotiations for a single convention of extradition to embrace all the territory of the empire it affords me pleasure to say that our intercourse with great britain continues to be of a most friendly character the government of hawaii has indicated its willingness to continue for seven years the provisions of the existing reciprocity treaty such continuance in view of the relations of that country to the american system of states should in my judgment be favored the revolution in haiti against the established government has terminated while it was in progress it became necessary to enforce our neutrality laws by instituting proceedings against individuals and vessels charged with their infringement these prosecutions were in all cases successful much anxiety has lately been displayed by various european governments and especially by the government of italy for the abolition of our import duties upon works of art it is well to consider whether the present discrimination in favor of the productions of american artists abroad is not likely to result as they themselves seem very generally to believe it may in the practical exclusion of our painters and sculptors from the rich fields for observation study and labor which they have hitherto enjoyed there is prospect that the long pending revision of the foreign treaties of japan may be concluded at a new conference to be held at tokyo while this government fully recognizes the equal and independent station of japan in the community of nations it would not oppose the general adoption of such terms of compromise as japan may be disposed to offer in furtherance of a uniform policy of intercourse with western nations during the past year the increasing goodwill between our own government and that of mexico has been variously manifested the treaty of commercial reciprocity concluded january twenty eighteen eighty three has been ratified and awaits the necessary tariff legislation of congress to become effective this legislation will i doubt not be among the first measures to claim your attention a full treaty of commerce navigation and consular rights is much to be desired and such a treaty i have reason to believe that the mexican government stands ready to conclude some embarrassment has been occasioned by the failure of congress at its last session to provide means for the due execution of the treaty of july twenty ninth eighteen eighty two 
for the resurvey of the mexican boundary and the relocation of boundary monuments with the republic of nicaragua a treaty has been concluded which authorizes the construction by the united states of a canal railway and telegraph line across the nicaraguan territory by the terms of this treaty sixty miles of the river san juan as well as lake nicaragua an inland sea forty miles in width are to constitute a part of the projected enterprise this leaves for actual canal construction seventeen miles on the pacific side and thirty-six miles on the atlantic to the united states whose rich territory on the pacific is for the ordinary purposes of commerce practically cut off from communication by water with the atlantic ports the political and commercial advantages of such a project can scarcely be overestimated it is believed that when the treaty is laid before you the justice and liberality of its provisions will command universal approval at home and abroad the death of our representative at russia while at his post at st petersburg afforded to the imperial government a renewed opportunity to testify its sympathy in a manner befitting the intimate friendliness which has ever marked the intercourse of the two countries the course of this government in raising its representation at bangkok to the diplomatic rank has evoked from siam evidences of warm friendship and augurs well for our enlarged intercourse the siamese government has presented to the united states a commodious mansion and grounds for the occupancy of the legation and i suggest that by joint resolution congress attest its appreciation of this generous gift this government has more than once been called upon of late to take action in fulfillment of its international obligations towards spain agitation in the island of cuba hostile to the spanish crown having been fomented by persons abusing the sacred rights of hospitality which our territory affords the officers of this government have been instructed to exercise vigilance to prevent infractions of our neutrality laws at key west and at other points near the cuban coast i am happy to say that in the only instance where these precautionary measures were successfully eluded the offenders when found in our territory were subsequently tried and convicted the growing need of close relationship of intercourse and traffic between the spanish antilles and their natural market in the united states led to the adoption in january last of a commercial agreement looking to that end this agreement has since been superseded by a more carefully framed and comprehensive convention which i shall submit to the senate for approval it has been the aim of this negotiation to open such a favored reciprocal exchange of productions carried under the flag of either country as to make the intercourse between cuba and puerto rico and ourselves scarcely less intimate than the commercial movement between our domestic ports and to ensure a removal of the burdens on shipping in the spanish indies of which in the past our ship owners and shipmasters have so often had cause to complain 
the negotiation of this convention has for a time postponed the prosecution of certain claims of our citizens which were declared to be without the jurisdiction of the late spanish-american claims commission and which are therefore remitted to diplomatic channels for adjustment the speedy settlement of these claims will now be urged by this government negotiations for a treaty of commercial reciprocity with the dominican republic have been successfully concluded and the result will shortly be laid before the senate certain questions between the united states and the ottoman empire still remain unsolved complaints on behalf of our citizens are not satisfactorily adjusted the porte has sought to withhold from our commerce the right of favored treatment to which we are entitled by existing conventional stipulations and the revision of the tariffs is unaccomplished the final disposition of pending questions with venezuela has not as yet been reached but i have good reason to expect an early settlement which will provide the means of re-examining the caracas awards in conformity with the expressed desire of congress and which will recognize the justice of certain claims preferred against venezuela the central and south american commission appointed by authority of the act of july seventh eighteen eighty four will soon proceed to mexico it has been furnished with instructions which will be laid before you they contain a statement of the general policy of the government for enlarging its commercial intercourse with american states the commissioners have been actively preparing for their responsible task by holding conferences in the principal cities with merchants and others interested in central and south american trade the international meridian conference lately convened in washington upon the invitation of the government of the united states was composed of representatives from twenty-five nations the conference concluded its labors on the first of november having with substantial unanimity agreed upon the meridian of greenwich as the starting point whence longitude is to be computed through one hundred and eighty degrees eastward and westward and upon the adoption for all purposes for which it may be found convenient of a universal day which shall begin at midnight on the initial meridian and whose hours shall be counted from zero up to twenty-four the formal report of the transactions of this conference will be hereafter transmitted to the congress this government is in frequent receipt of invitations from foreign states to participate in international exhibitions often of great interest and importance occupying as we do an advanced position in the world's production and aiming to secure a profitable share of our industries in the general competitive markets it is a matter of serious concern that the want of means for participation in these exhibitions should so often exclude our producers from advantages enjoyed by those of other countries during the past year the attention of congress was drawn to the formal invitations in this regard tendered by the governments of england holland belgium germany and austria the executive has in some instances appointed honorary commissioners 
this is however a most unsatisfactory expedient for without some provision to meet the necessary working expenses of a commission it can affect little or nothing in behalf of exhibitors an international inventions exhibition is to be held in london next may this will cover a field of special importance in which our country holds a foremost rank but the executive is at present powerless to organize a proper representation of our vast national interests in this direction i have in several previous messages referred to this subject it seems to me that a statute giving to the executive general discretionary authority to accept such invitations and to appoint honorary commissioners without salary and placing at the disposal of the secretary of state a small fund for defraying their reasonable expenses would be of great public utility this government has received official notice that the revised international regulations for preventing collisions at sea have been adopted by all the leading maritime powers except the united states and came into force on the first of september last for the due protection of our shipping interests the provisions of our statutes should at once be brought into conformity with these regulations the question of securing to authors composers and artists copyright privileges in this country in return for reciprocal rights abroad is one that may justly challenge your attention it is true that conventions will be necessary for fully accomplishing this result but until congress shall by statute fix the extent to which foreign holders of copyright shall be here privileged it has been deemed inadvisable to negotiate such conventions for this reason the united states were not represented at the recent conference at Bern. i recommend that the scope of the neutrality laws of the united states be so enlarged as to cover all patent acts of hostility committed in our territory and aimed against the peace of a friendly nation existing statutes prohibit the fitting out of armed expeditions and restrict the shipment of explosives though the enactments in the latter respect were not framed with regard to international obligations but simply for the protection of passenger travel all these statutes were intended to meet special emergencies that had already arisen other emergencies have arisen since and modern ingenuity supplies means for the organization of hostilities without open resort to armed vessels or to filibustering parties i see no reason why overt preparations in this country for the commission of criminal acts such as are here under consideration should not be alike punishable whether such acts are intended to be committed in our own country or in a foreign country with which we are at peace the prompt and thorough treatment of this question is one which intimately concerns the national honor our existing naturalization laws also need revision those sections relating to persons residing within the limits of the united states in seventeen ninety five and seventeen ninety eight have now only a historical interest section twenty one seventy two recognizing the citizenship of the children of naturalized parents is ambiguous in its terms 
and partly obsolete there are special provisions of law favoring the naturalization of those who serve in the army or in merchant vessels while no similar privileges are granted those who serve in the navy or the marine corps quote, a uniform rule of naturalization unquote, such as the constitution contemplates should among other things clearly define the status of persons born within the united states subject to a foreign power section 1992 and of minor children of fathers who have declared their intention to become citizens but have failed to perfect their naturalization it might be wise to provide for a central bureau of registry wherein should be filed authenticated transcripts of every record of naturalization in the several federal and state courts and to make provision also for the vacation or cancellation of such record in cases where fraud had been practiced upon the court by the applicant himself or where he had renounced or forfeited his acquired citizenship a just and uniform law in this respect would strengthen the hands of the government in protecting its citizens abroad and would pave the way for the conclusion of treaties of naturalization with foreign countries the legislation of the last session effected in the diplomatic and consular service certain changes and reductions which have been productive of embarrassment the population and commercial activity of our country are steadily on the increase and are giving rise to new varying and often delicate relationships with other countries our foreign establishment now embraces nearly double the area of operations that it occupied twenty years ago the confinement of such a service within the limits of expenditure then established is not it seems to me in accordance with true economy a community of sixty million people should be adequately represented in its intercourse with foreign nations a project for the reorganization of the consular service and for recasting the scheme of extraterritorial jurisdiction is now before you if the limits of a short session will not allow of its full consideration i trust that you will not fail to make suitable provision for the present needs of the service it has been customary to define in the appropriation acts the rank of each diplomatic office to which a salary is attached i suggest that this course be abandoned and that it be left to the president with the advice and consent of the senate to fix from time to time the diplomatic grade of the representatives of this government abroad as may seem advisable provision being definitely made however as now for the amount of salary attached to the respective stations the condition of our finances and the operations of the various branches of the public service which are connected with the treasury department are fully discussed in the report of the secretary it appears that the ordinary revenues for the fiscal year ended june thirtieth eighteen eighty four were from customs one hundred and ninety five million sixty seven thousand four hundred and eighty nine dollars and seventy six cents from internal revenue one hundred and twenty one million five hundred and eighty six thousand seventy two dollars and fifty one cents 
from all other sources thirty one million eight hundred and sixty six thousand three hundred and seven dollars and sixty five cents total ordinary revenues three hundred and forty eight million five hundred and nineteen thousand eight hundred and sixty nine dollars and ninety two cents the public expenditures during the same period were for civil expenses twenty two million three hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred and seven dollars and seventy one cents for foreign intercourse one million two hundred and sixty thousand seven hundred and sixty six dollars and thirty seven cents for indians six million four hundred and seventy five thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and twenty nine cents for pensions fifty five million four hundred and twenty nine thousand two hundred and twenty eight dollars and six cents for the military establishment including river and harbor improvements and arsenals thirty nine million four hundred and twenty nine thousand six hundred and three dollars and thirty six cents for the naval establishment including vessels machinery and improvements at navy yards seventeen million two hundred and ninety two thousand six hundred and one dollars and forty four cents for miscellaneous expenditures including public buildings lighthouses and collecting the revenue forty three million nine hundred and thirty nine thousand seven hundred and ten dollars for expenditures on account of the district of columbia three million four hundred and seven thousand forty nine dollars and sixty two cents for interest on the public debt fifty four million five hundred and seventy eight thousand three hundred and seventy eight dollars and forty eight cents for the sinking fund forty six million seven hundred and ninety thousand two hundred and twenty nine dollars and fifty cents total ordinary expenditures two hundred and ninety million nine hundred and twenty six thousand four hundred and seventy three dollars and eighty three cents leaving a surplus of fifty seven million six hundred and three thousand three hundred and ninety six dollars and nine cents as compared with the preceding fiscal year there was a net decrease of over twenty one million dollars in the amount of expenditures the aggregate receipts were less than those of the year previous by about fifty four million dollars the falling off in revenue from customs made up nearly twenty million dollars of this deficiency and about twenty three million dollars of the remainder was due to the diminished receipts from internal taxation the secretary estimates the total receipts for the fiscal year which will end june thirtieth eighteen eighty five at three hundred and thirty million dollars and the total expenditures at two hundred and ninety million six hundred and twenty thousand two hundred and one dollars and sixteen cents in which sum are included the interest on the debt and the amount payable to the sinking fund this would leave a surplus for the entire year of about thirty nine million dollars the value of exports from the united states to foreign countries during the year ending june thirtieth eighteen eighty four was as follows domestic merchandise seven hundred and twenty four million nine hundred and sixty four thousand eight hundred and fifty two dollars foreign merchandise fifteen million five hundred and forty eight thousand seven hundred and fifty seven dollars total merchandise seven hundred and forty million five hundred and thirteen thousand six hundred and nine dollars specie sixty seven million one hundred and thirty three thousand three hundred and eighty three dollars 
total exports of merchandise and specie eight hundred and seven million six hundred and forty six thousand nine hundred and ninety two dollars the cotton and cotton manufactures included in this statement were valued at two hundred and eight million nine hundred thousand four hundred and fifteen dollars the breadstuffs at one hundred and sixty two million five hundred and forty four thousand seven hundred and fifteen dollars the provisions at one hundred and fourteen million four hundred and sixteen thousand five hundred and forty seven dollars and the mineral oils at forty seven million one hundred and three thousand two hundred and forty eight dollars during the same period the imports were as follows merchandise six hundred and sixty seven million six hundred and ninety seven thousand six hundred and ninety three dollars gold and silver thirty seven million four hundred and twenty six thousand two hundred and sixty two dollars total seven hundred and five million one hundred and twenty three thousand nine hundred and fifty five dollars more than sixty three per cent of the entire value of imported merchandise consisted of the following articles sugar and molasses a hundred and three million eight hundred and eighty four thousand two hundred and seventy four dollars wool and woolen manufactures fifty three million eight hundred and forty two thousand two hundred and ninety two dollars silk and its manufactures forty nine million nine hundred and forty nine thousand one hundred and twenty eight dollars coffee forty nine million six hundred and eighty six thousand seven hundred and five dollars iron and steel and manufactures thereof forty one million four hundred and sixty four thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars chemicals thirty eight million four hundred and sixty four thousand nine hundred and sixty five dollars flax hemp juked and like substances and manufactures thereof thirty three million four hundred and sixty three thousand three hundred and ninety eight dollars cotton and manufactures of cotton thirty million four hundred and fifty four thousand four hundred and seventy six dollars hides and skins other than fur skins twenty two million three hundred and fifty thousand nine hundred and six dollars i concur with the secretary of the treasury in recommending the immediate suspension of the coinage of silver dollars and of the issuance of silver certificates this is a matter to which in former communications i have more than once invoked the attention of the national legislature it appears that annually for the past six years there have been coined in compliance with the requirements of the act of february twenty eighth eighteen seventy eight more than twenty seven million silver dollars the number now outstanding is reported by the secretary to be nearly one hundred and eighty five million whereof but little more than forty million or less than twenty two per cent are in actual circulation the mere existence of this fact seems to me to furnish of itself a cogent argument for the repeal of the statute which has made such fact possible but there are other and graver considerations that tend in the same direction the secretary avows his conviction that unless this coinage and the issuance of silver certificates be suspended silver is likely at no distant day to become our sole metallic standard the commercial disturbance and the impairment of national credit that would be thus occasioned can scarcely be overestimated i hope that the secretary's suggestions 
respecting the withdrawal from circulation of the one dollar and two dollar notes will receive your approval it is likely that a considerable portion of the silver now encumbering the vaults of the treasury might thus find its way into the currency while trade dollars have ceased for the present at least to be an element of active disturbance in our currency system some provision should be made for their surrender to the government in view of the circumstances under which they were coined and of the fact that they have never had a legal tender quality there should be offered for them only a slight advance over their bullion value the secretary in the course of his report considers the propriety of beautifying the designs of our subsidiary silver coins and of so increasing their weight that they may bear their due ratio of value to the standard dollar his conclusions in this regard are cordially approved in my annual message of eighteen eighty two i recommended the abolition of all excise taxes except those relating to distilled spirits this recommendation is now renewed in case these taxes shall be abolished the revenues that will still remain to the government will in my opinion not only suffice to meet its reasonable expenditures but will afford a surplus large enough to permit such tariff reduction as may seem to be advisable when the results of recent revenue laws and commercial treaties shall have shown in what quarters those reductions can be most judiciously effected one of the gravest of the problems which appeal to the wisdom of congress for solution is the ascertainment of the most effective means for increasing our foreign trade and thus relieving the depression under which our industries are now languishing the secretary of the treasury advises that the duty of investigating this subject be entrusted in the first instance to a competent commission while fully recognizing the considerations that may be urged against this course i am nevertheless of the opinion that upon the whole no other would be likely to effect speedier or better results that portion of the secretary's report which concerns the condition of our shipping interests cannot fail to command your attention he emphatically recommends that as an incentive to the investment of american capital in american steamships the government shall by liberal payments for mail transportation or otherwise lend its active assistance to individual enterprise and declares his belief that unless that course be pursued our foreign carrying trade must remain as it is to-day almost exclusively in the hands of foreigners one phase of this subject is now especially prominent in view of the repeal by the act of june twenty sixth eighteen eighty four of all statutory provisions arbitrarily compelling american vessels to carry the mails to and from the united states as it is necessary to make provision to compensate the owners of such vessels for performing that service after april eighteen eighty five it is hoped that the whole subject will receive early consideration that will lead to the enactment of such measures for the revival of our merchant marine as the wisdom of congress may devise the three per cent bonds of the government to the amount of more than one hundred million dollars have since my last annual message been redeemed by the treasury the bonds of that issue still outstanding amount to 
little over two hundred million dollars about one-fourth of which will be retired through the operations of the sinking fund during the coming year as these bonds still constitute the chief basis for the circulation of the national banks the question how to avert the contraction of the currency caused by their retirement is one of constantly increasing importance it seems to be generally conceded that the law governing this matter exacts from the banks excessive security and that upon their present bond deposits a larger circulation than is now allowed may be granted with safety i hope that the bill which passed the senate at the last session permitting the issue of notes equal to the face value of the deposited bonds will commend itself to the approval of the house of representatives in the expenses of the war department the secretary reports a decrease of more than nine million dollars of this reduction five million six hundred thousand dollars was affected in the expenditures for rivers and harbors and two million seven hundred thousand dollars in expenditures for the quartermaster's department outside of that department the annual expenses of all the army bureaus proper except possibly the ordnance bureau are substantially fixed charges which cannot be materially diminished without a change in the numerical strength of the army the expenditures in the quartermaster's department can readily be subjected to administrative discretion and it is reported by the secretary of war that as a result of exercising such discretion in reducing the number of draft and pack animals in the army the annual cost of supplying and caring for such animals is now one million one hundred and eight thousand eighty five dollars and ninety cents less than it was in eighteen eighty one the reports of military commanders show that the last year has been notable for its entire freedom from indian outbreaks in defiance of the president's proclamation of july first eighteen eighty four certain intruders sought to make settlements in the indian territory they were promptly removed by a detachment of troops during the past session of congress a bill to provide a suitable fireproof building for the army medical museum and the library of the surgeon general's office received the approval of the senate a similar bill reported favorably to the house of representatives by one of its committees is still pending before that body it is hoped that during the coming session the measure may become a law and that thereafter immediate steps may be taken to secure a place of safe deposit for these valuable collections now in a state of insecurity the funds with which the works for the improvement of rivers and harbors were prosecuted during the past year were derived from the appropriations of the act of august second eighteen eighty two together with such balances as were on hand from previous appropriations the balance in the treasury subject to requisition july first eighteen eighty three was ten million twenty one thousand six hundred and forty nine dollars and fifty five cents the amount appropriated during the fiscal year eighteen eighty four was one million three hundred and nineteen thousand six hundred and thirty four dollars and sixty two cents and the amount drawn from the treasury during the fiscal year was eight million two hundred and twenty eight thousand seven hundred and three dollars and fifty four cents leaving a balance of 
three million one hundred and twelve thousand five hundred and eighty dollars and sixty three cents in the treasury subject to requisition july first eighteen eighty four the secretary of war submits the report of the chief engineers as to the practicability of protecting our important cities on the seaboard by fortifications and other defenses able to repel modern methods of attack the time has now come when such defenses can be prepared with confidence that they will not prove abortive and when the possible result of delay in making such preparation is seriously considered delay seems inexcusable for the most important cities those whose destruction or capture would be a national humiliation adequate defenses inclusive of guns may be made by the gradual expenditure of sixty million dollars a sum much less than a victorious enemy could levy as a contribution an appropriation of about one-tenth of that amount is asked to begin the work and i concur with the secretary of war in urging that it be granted the war department is proceeding with the conversion of ten-inch smoothbore guns into eight-inch rifles by lining the former with tubes of forged steel or of coil-wrought iron fifty guns will be thus converted within the year this however does not obviate the necessity of providing means for the construction of guns of the highest power both for the purposes of coast defense and for the armament of war vessels the report of the gun foundry board appointed april second eighteen eighty three in pursuance of the act of march third eighteen eighty three was transmitted to congress in a special message of february eighteenth eighteen eighty four in my message of march twenty sixth eighteen eighty four i called attention to the recommendation of the board that the government should encourage the production at private steel-works of the required material for heavy cannon and that two government factories one for the army and one for the navy should be established for the fabrication of guns from such material no action having been taken the board was subsequently reconvened to determine more fully the plans and estimates necessary for carrying out its recommendation it has received information which indicates that there are responsible steel manufacturers in this country who although not provided at present with the necessary plant are willing to construct the same and to make bids for contracts with the government for the supply of the requisite material for the heaviest guns adapted to modern warfare if a guaranteed order of sufficient magnitude accompanied by a, a positive appropriation extending over a series of years shall be made by congress all doubts as to the feasibility of the plan being thus removed i renew my recommendation that such action be taken by congress as will enable the government to construct its own ordinance upon its own territory and so to provide the armaments demanded by considerations of national safety and honor the report of the secretary of navy exhibits the progress which has been made on the new steel cruisers authorized by the acts of august fifth eighteen eighty two and march third eighteen eighty three of the four vessels under contract one the chicago of forty five hundred tons is more than half finished the atlanta of three thousand tons 
has been successfully launched and her machinery is now fitting the boston also three thousand tons is ready for launching and the dolphin a dispatch steamer of fifteen hundred tons is ready for delivery certain adverse criticisms upon the designs of these cruisers are discussed by the secretary who insists that the correctness of the conclusions reached by the advisory board and by the department has been demonstrated by recent developments in shipbuilding abroad the machinery of the double turreted monitors puritan terror and amphitrite contracted for under the act of march third eighteen eighty three is in process of construction no work has been done during the past year on their armor for lack of the necessary appropriations a fourth monitor the monadnock still remains unfinished at the navy yard in california it is recommended that early steps be taken to complete these vessels and to provide also an armament for the monitor miantanana the recommendations of the naval advisory board approved by the department comprise the construction of one steel cruiser of forty five hundred tons one cruiser of three thousand tons two heavily armed gunboats one light cruising gunboat one dispatch vessel armed with hotchkiss cannon one armed ram and three torpedo boats the general designs all of which are calculated to meet the existing wants of the service are now well advanced and the construction of the vessels can be undertaken as soon as you shall grant the necessary authority the act of congress approved august seventh eighteen eighty two authorized the removal to the united states of the bodies of lieutenant commander george w de long and his companions of the jeannette expedition this removal has been successfully accomplished by lieutenants harbor and schutze the remains were taken from their grave in the lena delta in march eighteen eighty three and were retained at yakuts until the following winter the season being too far advanced to admit of their immediate transportation they arrived at new york february twentieth eighteen eighty four where they were received with suitable honors in pursuance of the joint resolution of congress approved february thirteenth eighteen eighty four a naval expedition was fitted out for the relief of lieutenant a w greeley united states army and of the party who had been engaged under his command in scientific observations at lady franklin bay the fleet consisted of the steam sealer thetis purchased in england the bear purchased at st john's newfoundland and the alert which was generously provided by the british government preparations for the expedition were promptly made by the secretary of the navy with the active cooperation of the secretary of war commander george w coffin was placed in command of the alert and lieutenant william h emery in command of the bear the thetis was entrusted to commander winfield s schley to whom also was assigned the superintendence of the entire expedition immediately upon its arrival at upernavik the fleet began the dangerous navigation of melville bay and in spite of every obstacle reached littleton island on june twenty second a fortnight earlier than any vessel had before attained that point on the same day it crossed over to cape sabine where lieutenant greeley and the other survivors of his party were discovered 
after taking on board the living and the bodies of the dead the relief ships sailed for st john's where they arrived on july seventeenth they were appropriately received at portsmouth new hampshire on august first and at new york on august eighth one of the bodies was landed at the former place the others were put on shore at governor's island and with the exception of one which was interred in the national cemetery were forwarded thence to the destination indicated by friends the organization and conduct of this relief expedition reflects great credit upon all who contributed to its success in this the last of the stated messages that i shall have the honor to transmit to the congress of the united states i cannot too strongly urge upon its attention the duty of restoring our navy as rapidly as possible to the high state of efficiency which formerly characterized it as the long peace that has lulled us into a sense of fancied security may at any time be disturbed it is plain that the policy of strengthening this arm of the service is dictated by considerations of wise economy of just regard for our future tranquillity and of true appreciation of the dignity and honor of the republic the report of the postmaster-general acquaints you with the present condition and needs of the postal service it discloses the gratifying fact that the loss of revenue from the reduction in the rate of letter postage recommended in my message of december fourth eighteen eighty two and effected by the act of march third eighteen eighty three has been much less than was generally anticipated my recommendation of this reduction was based upon the belief that the actual falling off in receipts from letter postages for the year immediately succeeding the change of rate would be three million dollars it has proved to be only two million two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars this is a trustworthy indication that the revenue will soon be restored to its former volume by the natural increase of sealed correspondence i confidently repeat therefore the recommendation of my last annual message that the single rate postage upon drop letters be reduced to one cent wherever the payment of two cents is now required by law the double rate is only exacted at offices where the carrier system is in operation and it appears that at those offices the increase in the tax upon local letters defrays the cost not only of its own collection and delivery but of the collection and delivery of all other mail matter this is an inequality that ought no longer to exist i approve the recommendation of the postmaster-general that the unit of weight in the rating of first-class matter should be one ounce instead of one-half ounce as it now is in view of the statistics furnished by the department it may well be doubted whether the change would result in any loss of revenue that it would greatly promote the convenience of the public is beyond dispute the free delivery system has been lately applied to five cities and the total number of offices in which it is now in operation is one hundred and fifty nine experience shows that its adoption under proper conditions is equally an accommodation to the public and an advantage to the postal service 
it is more than self-sustaining and for the reasons urged by the postmaster-general may properly be extended in the opinion of that officer it is important to provide means whereby exceptional dispatch in dealing with letters in free delivery offices may be secured by payment of extraordinary postage this scheme might be made effective by employment of a special stamp whose cost should be commensurate with the expense of the extra service in some of the large cities private express companies have undertaken to outstrip the government mail carriers by affording for the prompt transmission of letters better facilities than have hitherto been at the command of the post office it has always been the policy of the government to discourage such enterprises and in no better mode can that policy be maintained than in supplying the public with the most efficient mail service that with due regard to its own best interests can be furnished for its accommodation the attorney-general renews the recommendation contained in his report of last year touching the fees of witnesses and jurors he favors radical changes in the fee bill the adoption of a system by which attorneys and marshals of the united states shall be compensated solely by salaries and the erection by the government of a penitentiary for the confinement of offenders against its laws of the varied governmental concerns in charge of the interior department the report of its secretary presents an interesting summary among the topics deserving particular attention i refer you to his observations respecting our indian affairs the preemption and timber culture acts the failure of railroad companies to take title to lands granted by the government and the operations of the pension office the patent office the census bureau and the bureau of education allusion has been made already to the circumstance that both as between the different indian tribes and as between the indians and the whites the past year has been one of unbroken peace in this circumstance the president is glad to find justification for the policy of the government in its dealings with the indian question and confirmation of the views which were fully expressed in his first communication to the forty-seventh congress the secretary urges anew the enactment of a statute for the punishment of crimes committed on the indian reservations and recommends the passage of the bill now pending in the house of representatives for the purchase of a tract of eighteen thousand square miles from the sioux reservation both these measures are worthy of approval i concur with him also in advising the repeal of the preemption law the enactment of statutes resolving the present legal complications touching lapsed grants to railroad companies and the funding of the debt of the several pacific railroads under such guarantee as shall effectually secure its ultimate payment the report of the utah commission will be read with interest it discloses the results of recent legislation looking to the prevention and punishment of polygamy in that territory i still believe that if that abominable practice can be suppressed by law it can only be by the most radical legislation consistent with the restraints of the constitution i again recommend therefore that congress assume absolute political control of the territory of utah 
and provide for the appointment of commissioners with such governmental powers as in its judgment may justly and wisely be put into their hands in the course of this communication reference has more than once been made to the policy of this government as regards the extension of our foreign trade it seems proper to declare the general principles that should in my opinion underlie our national efforts in this direction the main conditions of the problem may thus be stated we are a people apt in mechanical pursuits and fertile in invention we cover a vast extent of territory rich in agricultural products and in nearly all the raw materials necessary for successful manufacture we have a system of productive establishments more than sufficient to supply our own demands the wages of labor are nowhere else so great the scale of living of our artisan classes is such as tends to secure their personal comfort and the development of those higher moral and intellectual qualities that go to the making of good citizens our system of tax and tariff legislation is yielding a revenue which is in excess of the present needs of the government these are the elements from which it is sought to devise a scheme by which without unfavorably changing the condition of the working man our merchant marine shall be raised from its enfeebled condition and new markets provided for the sale beyond our borders of the manifold fruits of our industrial enterprises the problem is complex and can be solved by no single measure of innovation or reform the countries of the american continent and the adjacent islands are for the united states the natural marts of supply and demand it is from them that we should obtain what we do not produce or do not produce in sufficiency and it is to them that the surplus productions of our fields our mills and our workshops should flow under conditions that will equalize or favor them in comparison with foreign competition four paths of policy seem to point to this end first a series of reciprocal commercial treaties with the countries of america which shall foster between us and them an unhampered movement of trade the conditions of these treaties should be the free admission of such merchandise as this country does not produce in return for the admission free or under a favored scheme of duties of our own products the benefits of such exchange to apply only to goods carried under the flag of the parties to the contract the removal on both sides from the vessels so privileged of all tonnage dues and national imposts so that those vessels may ply unhindered between our ports and those of the other contracting parties though without infringing on the reserved home coasting trade the removal or reduction of burdens on the exported products of those countries coming within the benefits of the treaties and the avoidance of the technical restrictions and penalties by which our intercourse with those countries is at present hampered secondly the establishment of the consular service of the united states on a salaried footing thus permitting the relinquishment of consular fees not only as respects vessels under the national flag but also as respects vessels of the treaty nations carrying goods entitled to the benefits of the treaties thirdly the enactment of measures to favor the construction and maintenance of a steam-carrying marine 
under the flag of the united states fourthly the establishment of a uniform currency basis for the countries of america so that the coined products of our mines may circulate on equal terms throughout the whole system of commonwealths this would require a monetary union of america whereby the output of the bullion producing countries and the circulation of those which yield neither gold nor silver could be adjusted in conformity with the population wealth and commercial needs of each as many of the countries furnish no bullion to the common stock the surplus production of our mines and mints might thus be utilized and a step taken toward the general remonetization of silver to the accomplishment of these ends so far as they can be attained by separate treaties the negotiations already concluded and now in progress have been directed and the favor which this enlarged policy has thus far received warrants the belief that its operations will ere long embrace all or nearly all of the countries of this hemisphere it is by no means desirable however that the policy under consideration should be applied to these countries alone the healthful enlargement of our trade with europe asia and africa should be sought by reducing tariff burdens on such of their wares as neither we nor the other american states are fitted to produce and thus enabling ourselves to obtain in return a better market for our supplies of food of raw materials and of the manufactures in which we excel it seems to me that many of the embarrassing elements in the great national conflict between protection and free trade may thus be turned to good account that the revenue may be reduced so as no longer to overtax the people that protective duties may be retained without becoming burdensome that our shipping interests may be judiciously encouraged the currency fixed on firm bases and above all such an unity of interests established among the states of the american system as will be of great and ever-increasing advantage to them all all treaties in the line of this policy which have been negotiated or are in process of negotiation contain a provision deemed to be requisite under the clause of the constitution limiting to the house of representatives the authority to originate bills for raising revenue on the twenty ninth of february last i transmitted to congress the first annual report of the civil service commission together with communications from the heads of the several executive departments of the government respecting the practical workings of the law under which the commission had been acting the good results therein foreshadowed have been more than realized the system has fully answered the expectations of its friends in securing competent and faithful public servants and in protecting the appointing officers of the government from the pressure of personal importunity and from the labor of examining the claims and pretensions of rival candidates for public employment the law has had the unqualified support of the president and of the heads of the several departments and the members of the commission have performed their duties with zeal and fidelity their report will shortly be submitted and will be accompanied by such recommendations for enlarging the scope of the existing statute as shall commend themselves to the executive and the commissioners charged with its administration 
in view of the general and persistent demand throughout the commercial community for a national bankrupt law i hope that the differences of sentiment which have hitherto prevented its enactment may not outlast the present session the pestilence which for the past two years has been raging in the countries of the east recently made its appearance in european ports with which we are in constant communication the then secretary of the treasury in pursuance of a proclamation of the president issued certain regulations restricting and for a time prohibiting the importation of rags and the admission of baggage of immigrants and of travelers arriving from infected quarters lest this course may have been without strict warrant of law i approve the recommendation of the present secretary that the congress take action in the premises and i also recommend the immediate adoption of such measures as will be likely to ward off the dreaded epidemic and to mitigate its severity in case it shall unhappily extend to our shores the annual report of the commissioners of the district of columbia reviews the operations of the several departments of its municipal government i ask your careful consideration of its suggestions in respect to legislation especially commending such as relate to a revision of the civil and criminal code the performance of labor by persons sentenced to imprisonment in the jail the construction and occupation of wharves along the river front and the erection of a suitable building for district offices i recommend that in recognition of the eminent services of ulysses s grant late general of the armies of the united states and twice president of this nation the congress confer upon him a suitable pension certain of the measures that seem to me necessary and expedient i have now in obedience to the constitution recommended for your adoption as respects others of no less importance i shall content myself with renewing the recommendations already made to the congress without restating the grounds upon which such recommendations were based the preservations of forests on the public domain the granting of government aid for popular education the amendment of the federal constitution so as to make effective the disapproval by the president of particular items in appropriation bills the enactment of statutes in regard to the filling of vacancies in the presidential office and the determining of vexed questions respecting presidential inability are measures which may justly receive your serious consideration as the time draws nigh when i am to retire from the public service i cannot refrain from expressing to the members of the national legislature with whom i have been brought into personal and official intercourse my sincere appreciation of their unfailing courtesy and of their harmonious cooperation with the executive in so many measures calculated to promote the best interests of the nation and to my fellow-citizens generally i acknowledge a deep sense of obligation for the support which they have accorded me in my administration of the executive department of this government End of President Chester A. Arthur's State of the Union Address of December 1st, 1884 Read by John Greenman